0: Everybody, and welcome back to Feeling Seen, the podcast that talks about the movies that make us feel seen. Um, I'm, I'm over the moon with today's co host that we have. Uh, this is truly such an honor. Uh, it, is, it is a career that spans decades, genres, mediums, uh, on the stage, on the screens, both big and small. Maybe you've seen uh, some of her work appearing in Orphan Black, perhaps The Umbrella Academy, perhaps anything for Jackson, uh, an excellent little horror movie that came out a few years ago that I love, or most recently, the prestigious uh, surprising dark comedy, surprising revenge thriller, obviously poignant um artful drama by Sarah Polly women talking Sheila McCarthy welcome to the podcast Is Thank there you. what else do the people need to know about you before we get started here today?
1: oh God and you're uh, an acting teacher you're an acting teacher as well. well I'm an acting teacher yes uh let's see well, like uh, you know I did I was in die hard two three thousand years <laughs> How about that one?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and survive to tell the tale. <laughs> <laughs> you have, you have proven Die Harder. You have proven mm-hmm. you can make it out of a Rennie Harlan movie, a Die Hard movie, and a Bruce Willis actioner. So that's... You know
1: your movies. I'm impressed. I,
0: I I mean, <laughs> Rennie Harlan gave me the long kiss goodnight, which is a gift that keeps on giving throughout the eternity of my life. So I can certainly never forget the man for that.
1: Yeah. He did, that's for sure. Well,
0: you, I mean, you, you, you again, spanning genres, spanning mediums, uh, and now women talk. It, it's,
1: mm-hmm. is well, it? Well, you know, I'm old. So, I mean, I'm older <laughs> and I've been doing it a long time and I could never figure out anything else to do. So, you know, I just, Sally Field said to me once, Sheila, you must reinvent yourself every five years. And I went, okay. Every
0: uh, five is so often. Oh, no. Like I mean, different. I've heard the every 10 years thing, but five, I guess that's moving on Hollywood time.
1: Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but hey, if I'm going to get guidance from Sally Field, I think I'll take that to the bank, I guess. Right on.
1: Yeah. Anytime. Well, now, I,
0: when, when I say like with – I feel like a, a thing people don't – I thing people I think aren't assuming about women talking is that – like. It is a, it is a wry comedy at points. It is like, by, by the halfway point and onward, I was like, I've been watching a revenge thriller this entire time. (laughs) And I didn't realize it. Um, when you were, when you were first greeted with the script for this and speaking to Sarah Polly about it, were coming off the page and through In Conversations with Sarah, Mm -hmm. were all those aspects of it coming through to you? Um
1: you know what? I, I, not, not, no, not at all. And, okay. and, and as a matter of fact, it's almost since making it now that we're being told things that we went oh, because you know when you're making a movie, like mm-hmm. me as an actor, I'll speak. A, From my my own experience, Mm -hmm. you know, you're a puzzle in a very puzzle piece in a very big puzzle. Mm -hmm. So I'm not looking at whole pictures, I'm not looking at the sort of philosophies of the film. I mean, we we did rehearse for two weeks and we did a lot of talking about women talking for sure. (laughs) But then when you get down into the making of it, you know, I was sort of mired in my character of Greta. So Mm -hmm. a lot of things are occurring to us all now Mm -hmm. that are being told us because you're seeing it. In completion. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it's sort of educating us about what the movie is about.
0: Well, and for how and and for for being a veteran of 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 the industry, do you find that is it most often or, or just kind of split down the middle when work of yours goes out into the world? Do you find that you are more often than not surprised by what you learn from people who communicate to you about it? Or do you generally feel like you have a good sense of of w- how it will localize it on people? Or is it always kind of a surprise?
1: Well, it really depends on the mm. project, of course. Mm. I mean, something as weighty as women talking. Um, people are talking about it after and they're continuing to talk it's it's promoted this incredible conversation mm-hmm. about about the, the subject uh and it sort of spans so many aspects of women's rights and Roe versus Wade and mm. you know repressed women in Iran like we're hearing the the gamut mm-hmm. um you don't get that you know when you do um a horror movie necessarily <laughs> yeah.
0: but, maybe not you know, in mean, die hard Two. is no, that what's going to no. come after but other things yeah
1: yeah there, you know that it didn't elicit that much conversation you know because it's sort of, you know the popcorn movies are just fun and then they're forgotten but yeah. but for something like you know women talking is resonating and it's really sort of having a, a profound effect on people and mm. and many different kinds of effects too you know so that is is um You know, it's wonderful. And Mm -hmm. we're talking to a lot of people about it now and the conversation just keeps going and going and going. So...
0: Well, it's always I, – I feel like a, one of the most interesting things to me about, like, the process of, of making a film or television or, or theater, too, is you you start working on it, obviously, so much further, so much earlier than when the world sees it. And mm-hmm. the world that you're making something in is not necessarily the world that it is going to arrive in. Mm-hmm. And it is fascinating to think of how, like – because you guys made this under, like, the fraught circumstances, I think, of, like, lockdown convi- conditions oh, during
1: – where I never saw Sarah Polly's face who direct, wrote and directed it. I mean – the crew were always masked. We were mm-hmm. masked except when we were shooting. And honestly, it really wasn't until it opened in Telluride and people were like thronging people coming up on the streets, talking mm-hmm. to us. We had no idea. I, I mean, we did just, didn't, I don't think about it. And we didn't think about, we yeah. had no idea the effect that it would have on people. Like, it, it, and I think that's good, you mm-hmm. know. Oh, absolutely. Because you know, we were you know, a bunch of women in sandals and and ankle socks talking and talking and talking. And, you know, that was, that was our concern. Like, oh my God, are people going to listen to this? Like this this requires a certain attention span.
0: Well, that was kind of what I I find so fascinating about the the sort of magic trick that it pulls off is that, It's obviously, it's beautiful and compelling, and for the first half of the movie, I was like, I'm in this beautiful, compelling conversation, and Mm -hmm. then didn't realize it once I got, like, I feel like I got doored, like, like going by on the bike, Mm -hmm. and I got doored by, like, oh, I'm now on the edge of my seat in this movie in a way that I thought I was just going to be contemplatively, like, you know, stroking my chin and admiring the beauty and poignancy of this, Mm -hmm. and then I was like, I am... Gripping these these oh. sides of my chair, and I'm oh. suddenly white knuckling through women talking, and I want people to know that it can be that sort of variety of experience. Well, yeah, for them. there is
1: a tension. There's this ticking clock. It's 48 hours. There's oh. and done within the sort of realm of eight women and, and Ben Wishaw almost singing a hymn for 2 hours mm-hmm. you know what i mean taking our faith and being patient with it but at the same time you know those boots on the ground
2: mm-hmm. and what
1: could happen to us if we're caught mm-hmm. creates such a great tension in the film that that i was aware of you know it was it was wonderful
0: well, obviously, we, we have a coterie in this film of of inc- incredible actors. My God, what a murderer's I row of this film! And and the, the character that you have brought for the conversation today, as far as like a character that you felt connected to mm. earlier than women talking. This is 1969 film, the Sterile Cuckoo, and yeah. that uh, the subject you have brought is Liza Minnelli's uh, lead character, Pookie. And I had never seen this film before. I, I hadn't heard of the sterile cuckoo, so I was so excited to dive into something new. And I wanted to know, yeah. how old were you when you first experienced this movie?
1: So 69, I was 14.
0: So you saw it when it came out?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. okay. And I think it was sort of one of the first, you know, adult films that I probably snuck into.
0: <laughs>
1: and so, it, you know, uh, because, you know, it's dealing with um, pregnancies. Yeah. And, you know, you know, unwed you know, illicit sex and, you know, yeah. older than me. So it was, um, it, it it had a profound effect on me because I don't think I'd ever seen anything like it.
0: Uh huh. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, um, it, it's the, we meet Liza's character, we meet Pookie and the main boy of the story, Jerry. They mm. are at a bus stop in kind of like a seeming like an any town USA, and they're both going off to their respective colleges. And we kind of meet, Liza and what I think we would like it aligns in the archetype now that I think we would identify as a kind of like manic pixie dream girl style character Mm -hmm. but what is interesting about like and where the the manic pixie dream girls exist to sort of like give the man the the reason to see the world through new eyes for the first time and inspire him Mm -hmm. this movie is kind of a misdirect of that trope as we've come to understand it where it seems like that's what's happening at first but as Pookie's character unfolds she is challenging in ways that do not align with the whimsy that the sort of trope of that became, and Pookie almost becomes, like, an anti-hero character, where we meet her being like, I've got to get out of this town, like, I can't be around these weirdos anymore, like, these, I don't, you know, I can't be around these weirdos.
2: Common North American insects, terrific. Oh, grasshopper gills. I know a girl who had a gill, grew out of her throat, I don't know if it was a grasshopper gill, though, anyway, she had it operated on, and the operation left this little hole, and every now and again it would bleed, so she had to wear a scarf to school, Sheila Crothers. She's a weirdo, though. It's hard to think of that as your average operation. (laughs) Boy, it's gonna be nice to get away from all these weirdos. And when we, we meet her and
0: we hear her talking about the weirdos, we're like, oh, she must be kind of like an odd man out. Like, she doesn't really fit in. People don't understand her. But as we come to know Pookie over the course of the film, she doesn't really give people a chance to understand her. And she's no, kind of don't. prickly and she's mm-hmm. self-isolating. And so I wanted to hear, like, what were the shades of Liza's performance in this character that you felt yourself, like, bu- bumping into the most as familiar well, to you?
1: Well, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting because you you don't, you know, don't necessarily like her all. All the time and you, yeah. she gets on your i mean, you become the Jerry in mm-hmm. in, in watching the movie because you're going, She's cringy, she's embarrassing, <laughs> she's she's you know, no filters, inside voice being heard mm-hmm. all the time. But for me, um, there is this, um, sort of Walter M- M- Mitty, sort of quintessential underdog mm-hmm. aspect of, of Pookie Adams that that just breaks my heart mm-hmm. and. And she's everything you always feel about your own insecurities or my own insecurities mm-hmm. that um, I guess I related with. And, you know, I watched it again recently, too. And it was just I just thought, oh, she's annoying. <laughs> she's <laughs> more annoying than I remember. <laughs> but there's this heart there and there's there's this effort on her part to mm-hmm. fit in and to be part of and to be that sort of, you know, you know, square peg. In a square hole, and it's just never gonna happen. The heartache of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- there's another French film called The Lace Maker with Isabel Hubert that mm. touches on the same things of 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 this sort of just oddball mm-hmm. trying to fit in. And you know, I think it it got me, it gets me where I live. I've always been slightly that um Oh, she's not pretty enough. She's the, you know, she's the. Oh, she's the sort of quirky best friend. She's the, sure. you know. What I mean, I grew up like that, and and I so identified with Liza. And ultimately, we we worked together too, and and and. Uh, wow. If I could just sidebar, I did a movie. No, called please
0: a- sidebar until okay, you and I, Liza. I, I,
1: I did, a, I did a movie called I've Heard the Mermaids Singing, and it was mm-hmm. a character very like Pookie mm-hmm. and uh, Polly. Her name's Polly. And I don't know whether the author, Patricia Rosema, took a page from Sterile Cuckoo. Probably not. But <laughs> it, here's that similar quintessential underdog, misfit, not fitting in, mm-hmm. and it's just delicious to play those parts. And mm-hmm. then years later, and Liza loved that movie. <laughs> She was cast. They, she was doing a movie called *Stepping Out* mm-hmm. uh, about a tap dance class, and, she, and so I sent her *Mermaids* because I knew that if she watched it, she'd go, "Oh, I identify with that girl." And she loved it. And we've become we were we've been fast friends ever since.
0: Oh my so, god, that's beautiful.
1: No, I know. And I played Sally Bowles. She played Sally Bowles. Like, yes, you know, our careers have bumped, and we're still in very close touch. And so, um, when I picked Pookie, it was none of that existed (laughs) Just, just the rawness of her the rawness of you know i'm thinking of that phone call with jerry
0: Oh my god! That what I was like. This is one of the most I, I yeah. in that I was like, am I am I watching one of the most incredible slices of performance that I've ever seen wow. on screen? It, it's Pookie's on this. She's in a, a small room where the phone is in her, her kind of dormitory, her social house, and yep. she's talking to Jerry, and it's it's a fraught like is this a breakup conversation? And I was just I was in threat. I was threads at the end of it.
2: Well, you are mad at me, aren't you? Pookie, I'm not mad at you. I got. In listen, you philosophy. won't believe what I've been doing this week But i You know, I've really been making a terrific effort To be friends with some of the weirdos around here I mean, Rookie, I even apologized to Helen, Helen Upshaw Listen to me And I told Helen Liner that I didn't know that she wore dentures That it was just an accident and Rookie, a coincidence I don't even remember listen, saying it please. about Bill Helen I mean, just give me another chance, okay? It has nothing to do with another chance It has to do with my academic standing It has to do with whether I flunk out of school or not It has to do with me not us, but me, and I'm, I'm not going home for your vacation, and it's not because I'm mad at you. Do you understand that? Pookie, are you listening? I've got a fantastic idea. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i come up there and be with you. What? During the vacation. I'll just whirl right on up to the dorm. It'll be great. Like you said, nobody will be there, and we'll have the whole place to ourselves, and I can cook for you, and, and I'll make the bed and everything, I'll keep the Avon lady off your back. No, Pookie. But I think that it'll be really good for us, you know. Nobody will be there, and it'll be like living together, like, if, like we're man and wife. Pookie, don't you understand? My head is on the block. But you can still study. I mean, I can amuse myself. God, I'm the old time self-amuser, remember me? Pookie, it's just not a good idea. Jerry, what do you mean it's not a good idea? I think it's a fantastic idea.
1: I mean, that, you know what? When I teach, I go watch that phone call. like just right. watch that. There's no seams. There's no acting. There's no, it's everything, you know?
0: It's incredible when you're re- reminded of, of, of performers who've, who've been around for so long and, and so much to the part where they, they feel like they're part of the walls. They feel like they're part of the fabric of the conversation yeah. around entertainment. And it's not a matter of like, you know, I hate to say, like, you find yourself taking them for granted, but you just, their brilliance is so a part of the innate conversation. that The specificities and the examples of their brilliance almost kind of escape you at times, and then you see these examples, and you're like, oh, my God, this is why we call them legend. This is why they became the, outs like, became the idea of Liza, overarching the Mm. reality of Liza, because, like, Mm. there is, she is such a singular physical presence, Mm -hmm. and there's such a... You know, obviously, like, the legacy coming as the daughter of Judy Garland, and she's such, like, a multi-hyphenate incredible performer, but just to see, like, there's nobody who looks like Liza. And to watch her channel so much, like, intensity and anxiety in a way that, like, I feel like that little business acting that someone I feel like, like, Kristen Stewart is so impressive at now that took directors, I think, a while to find and really mine in her to its maximum potential. And watching that in something with Liza, too, was just like, oh, my God, this is just raw performance.
1: It's, you know, it's catching a firefly in a jar when you see those <laughs> kinds of performances. And I think sometimes they forget because the persona of Liza is so Liza. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, sometimes I think she has forgotten
0: mm-hmm.
1: what she was capable of doing and what she is capable of doing. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, in my career, too, like, you know, you get parts because of who you are. And you don't get parts because of who you are. And it's yeah. It's just that unending thing And, and uh, you know, I would People would go, oh, Liza, I would encourage Anybody who hasn't seen Sterile Cuckoo To watch it, because also It's such a slice of the times yeah. From 1969, right mm-hmm. The music Come Saturday morning, like when you hear that Song, yep. you go, oh my god That's just like, uh, it captures a whole Era, you know
2: come Saturday morning I'm going days spent
0: till the end of the day. Just I and my friend. Well, and it, that, I, I, I love that you bring that, that the music up specifically too, because when it started playing, like I rem- it, I paused in my mind, like halfway through the movie and I was like, Oh God, like it was just a different era where like a song could carry you through an entire movie. Like, like you yeah. watch the Poseidon you watch a Poseidon adventure and there's got to be a morning after that song. Right. It might as well never stop playing in that movie. So and then true. watching this from 69, it was like, Oh, this is the refrain that's going to get. And like, just like the way people, it's not even like just necessarily the way they talk or the language they use. It is reflective of a vernacular of the time, but just like the drifting of those scenes. Like it feels yeah. like being in a folk song and it's well, just, it it's a wonderful you- time oh, yeah. capsule.
1: It is a time capsule. Like it tells you, everything like it you know it it it, it's you know the montage the music (laughs) like in women talking Sarah like you know she does beautiful montages and women talking too yeah that with the score which I think oh my god the score of women talking is so I just want it on a loop in my brain Mm -hmm. forever it's (laughs) so provocative and perfect and um and and the same it's the same for for sterile cuckoo for sure yeah. And
0: when, you know, like you say, like you're sitting there 14 years old watching this movie and you're like, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this before. Was it in a way that like, did it feel like, was it never seen in the sense of like, is this transgressive? Is this kind of like edgy? Is this dangerous? Like, what was that oh. first for you?
1: Uh, well, don't forget it was 1969 and at yeah. 14, I was very aware of being a young hippie. So I was <laughs> entrenched in it too. I went to <laughs> went to free school. I smoked marijuana. You know, my, my parents <laughs> let me go to Morocco when I was 16. Why? Oh, wow. They shudder now when they think of it, but <laughs> so I was in that era. So mm-hmm. it's not quite like a capsule of like, now it is. Yeah, but yeah. for me, it was like, oh yeah. You know, it's like Simon and Garfunkel. It's yeah. just, you know, I was living that living those, you know, hippie dresses and that it was, you know, I was younger, but, um, very aware of the scene. So, uh, but now it really is a time capsule. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, just- I, it was, cause it's it, like watching it, even the, 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 the rawness of Liza in so many points of this movie, even watching it, like watching it even now, I was like, man, you put this at TIFF, like you put this performance at TIFF right now, you put this performance at Sundance right now, and this isn't acting of another era, of another generation, of another time. Like, oh, well, we performed differently. There were different styles. I was just like, this is transcending through eras.
1: You know, you can say that about a lot of the greats. Like I was watching Mm -hmm. Spencer Tracy the other night and went, this is a movie from 1934 or anything. It's just the best acting, it is acting is never like it, every student should look at Spencer Tracy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> most beautiful thing. You think, oh, we think we're so progressive now and modern and doing, you know, really, it's been all been done. <laughs>
0: It's I, all been done. You know, similarly, to watching you and Liza as Sally Bowles being like, "Oh my God, look at through time, oh. through space and dimensions."
1: Oh my God, she was she was incredible to work with, and what an incredible director! Um, really, she is. And oh, that's it, wonderful. And she never, she never. You know, she never sort of acted on it but mm. honestly on the set of stepping out um you know it was Shelly Winters um uh Julie Walters Andrea Martin uh me Bill um Bill Irwin like it was a, you mm. know tap dance class and, and Liza at the helm and I remember she came in on a day off and I had to do a scene where I had to break down and start crying mm. and the, like those scenes are always like oh god oh. <laughs> here we go. All right. Maybe the, maybe maybe the tear gods be with me. And she stood beside the camera Mm -hmm. and every time the cameras rolled, those big Brown eyes peeked out from behind the camera. Wow! And she just whispered, it's okay. (laughs) And like, there's nothing like acts of kindness to make Mm -hmm. one lose it. So thank you. And I'll never forget it. And when I have to do those scenes now, I just see Liza's face. Wow. And behind the camera. She's pretty awesome.
0: good life hack there. Like, well, I just try to imagine the time Liza personally willed Liza- me to tears when oh. I was in front of the camera.
1: Isn't it crazy? Oh my I love God. that you bring.
0: I love you brought up Shelley Winter's too, just because, like, on the order of classics. Like, I have a I have a podcast where I talk only about disaster movies with a friend of mine, and there is, of course, the disaster movie era of Shelley Winter's career. Yeah, and we like a mantra of our podcast is "stop killing Shelley Winters." The disrespect of Shelley Winters in those later stage disasters. I. Shelly Winters, we you should have you been here and now when TikTok and Twitter were around to lionize you and build fan bases of oh, gay God. stands around you because, Shelly Winters, you deserve better to the very end.
1: Oh, my God. She was really something. She would just look at me and go, I got your number. You're the quiet one, but I got your <laughs> number. And she was a, up all night, slept all day. So she was always in this muumuu gown that they had to sort of knock on her trailer door and bring her out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And she, and you know, she'd say things like, "Well, Bert Lancaster was maybe gay, and you know, but not in my day." And I thought, yeah. oh, "Okay, okay, Shelly Winters." Okay, oh Shelly Winters. Oh my god! And every day at four o'clock, she would get a Snickers bar from the prop Sky. And one day, <laughs> she came out of her trailer and she was sort of like waking up, and she went, "Um, um, taxi." yes. <laughs> Taxi. I was like, no, no, um, props, Snickers. I was like, okay, that is insanity. Shelly Winters, she's (laughs) a trip.
0: It's time for a quick break, but we'll be back in a moment with more stories and wisdom from the great Sheila McCarthy. Then I will have one quick thing before I go about another great woman, another accomplished professional, newly minted EGOT in that historic pantheon, Viola Davis. Because why shouldn't we be calling out and celebrating Viola Davis? Stick around for that at the end.
2: Okay, zebras, uh, orangutans. Oh. Yes, sorry, hi. I'm not used to the animals talking. Uh, Who are you? Yes, my name's Carrie Poppy. I co-host a podcast called Ona, Ross, and Carrie. This is my co-host, Ross, right here. Okay. We investigate spirituality, claims of the paranormal. And we were wondering if we could get on the arc. You did come two by two. I Thank appreciate you. that. Though most of the things I'm letting on the arc don't talk. I'm going to be talking all up on this boat. Do you mind both? I prefer arc. or Okay, barge. I'm not listening, but... If you let me on, Mm -hmm. then I will make my really good podcast on your boat. Can you at least help clean up all the poop? I guess I don't see why not. Well, I'll check out the podcast. Where do I find it? It's on MaximumFun.org. Oh my gosh, hi. I'm Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture trivia podcast, Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play games like motivational speeches, and it goes a little like this. Riley, give us an improvised motivational speech on why people should listen and subscribe to Troubled Waters. I look around this ad and I see a lot of
1: potential to listen to comedians such as Jackie Johnson and Josh Gondelman, and they need you to get out there and listen to them attempt to figure out sound Reba's clues or
0: determine if something is a Game of Thrones character or a city in Wales. I have chills. I'm going to give you 15 points. All that and so much more on Troubled Waters. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. welcome back to Feeling Scene. My guest today is Sheila McCarthy, an actor who has been entertaining us on stage and screen for decades. She is one of the stars of Sarah Pauly's fantastic women talking, the revenge thriller you didn't know you needed, which was nominated for a Best Picture Oscar the day after Sheila and I recorded this conversation. So let's get back to it. You and Judith Ivy are both so incredible in women talking. I walked out of there oh. and I was like, I, I looked at my friend Caitlin and I was like, Sheila McCarthy, and Judith Ivy, that was everything. I was just losing my mind. I immediately I wrote know.
1: To my, For- Forget the movie stars. Forget all those movie stars. No, I- Judy. Oh my God. She and you know she was supposed to play Scarface. Jens. She and she and Frances okay. McNamee. Flipped parts. Okay. Like right before we started shooting. And it was really good because I think that, you know, Agatha, Judy's part, is Mother Earth. And she's uh-huh. she's the she's the calm presence. Mm-hmm. She's the and I think um Francis understood that. And, and yeah. I think it, was, it was a good, it was a good thing. And Judy, like I didn't know Judy, and I've always loved her work and seen her on Broadway. And yeah. like I was so honored to work with her. And she's just like, I just, I wish she lived next door to me. I just adore <laughs> her and she's, she's really great. You know, she's am, just the real joke. I immediately
0: e- reached out to my producer and was like, we have to try and get Judith Ivey or Sheila McCarthy for this. I have to talk to him. And it was like, how is it like, you know, you have these stories about like Liza Minnelli and Shelley Winter. And like, but <laughs> now, and like, then in Women Talking, like you and Judith are the institutional knowledge. Like you well, are the one, like who come in with the stories about Shelley Winters and, and getting like guide, directorial guidance <laughs> from Liza Minnelli. Oh. And, like, it's all, I mean, it's a a murderer's row in this movie, but, like, it's, like, there is, it's such a fascinating, it's fascinating to watch your character also be just, like, the character who is the institutional knowledge. That is the role of of you you and Judith in this movie, to be the generations of awareness of what has come before and what that portends for what will come next, like... What an incredible role to sort of have like the weight of time mm-hmm. on your shoulders mm-hmm. as your character in this. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that, you know, we have the years of experience and we Judy always said, you know, I learned patience during this movie. She said, I'm not a very <laughs> patient person. I'm trying to take a page from Agatha and sort of learn more patience and and you know, for both of us, you know, because people have said, what was it like being the elders? And you go, well, no, it was just ageless on mm-hmm. I mean, those two little girls in the movie. First movie, what a way to start a career. Wow. And oh, my they, God. That's almost you know,
0: rude to start your career that way. What do you do next? Work. I just Come go, good luck, to, good luck to you. And hopefully they'll well, be Well, and Rudy Mara is clearly an ancient being. Rudy Mara is oh. clearly at least a thousand years old, gener- oh, like eons too. old, porting yeah. through from one yeah. vessel to the next.
1: She's dreamy. She's just... <laughs> Amy, I adore <laughs> her. She's kind and lovely and beautiful. And I mean, everybody was. It was. It was. I mean, I had to sort of get over my fangirl. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, that first shooting and Claire Foy, the Queen, is washing my feet, and I'm going, "Oh my God, what just happened to my <laughs> career? This is like ridiculous." When my agent told me who was in the movie, I went, "Get out." <laughs> And I'm trying to be super cool, right? I'm just trying to be, yeah, well, you know. But I was. It took me a while to get over that, I'll tell you. And you know, every everybody was just brought their A game all the time. And then Ben Wishaw, the incredible Ben Wishaw, the sweetest, incredible. Yeah, no, it was. It was. um, We all realized that these, uh, especially Judy and I, we realized that it doesn't come along like this very often. You right. know, and the fact that it's having this, you know, um, quite a bit of success and people are seeing it and people are talking about it. Um, it doesn't happen a lot. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, this, is, this is special, you know?
0: Well, and that like, I have to, cause I have to believe that like, there ha- I, I was reading something, in an interview where you talked about like you know with COVID. It just made everything. You're like you're always like you're working as much as you're not working. Being an actor yeah. is hard. You're always pursuing work, and and you said I think you said something along the lines of like. And I thought like maybe I'll just like I'm gonna commit to teaching yeah. for a while, yeah. and maybe I'm just oh, like no, I don't sure. I don't want to be in the grind like at least for a while, and no, then
1: I I. I kind of liked COVID for that. I, <laughs> I was maybe it's my age, but I was like, "This is really cool. I get to wake up in the morning and not stress about anything. I don't yeah. have to put on lash. I mean, I'm just feeling quite calm, and I just yeah. walk the dog and I'll gym and I'll. I've been writing a series for three years with my friend that no one will ever see, and I was very, <laughs> I was just, and then that would take me right to wine time, and then I think this is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, this is pretty, and then Sarah zoomed with me. And I all of a sudden went like you know the sort of energizer bunny. I went, yeah. Oh, I'm got to really show up for this one, <laughs> it's just like a game for three months. The hardest thing I've ever done. And wow. you know, um, yeah, I was just coming out of a you know because I think we all did. I think we all reevaluated during mm-hmm. COVID about okay, so what what's going to happen now? I mean, it lasted for so long, and and it things are still not quite. Mm-hmm. So you know, and you reevaluate when you are, I'm almost 67 and I'm going, okay, I really love teaching. I really love directing. I love how open I feel and how unstressed I feel when I'm wearing those hats. And I really listen to that. So I, you know, uh, listen, I'm, I'm down for anything, but I do, I do love that now.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's, I mean, it has to, That feels like kind of that's so wonderful to just like hear the the story and the experience of like you've you've been I think acting since like the at least on screen since like the early nineteen eighties and and mm-hmm. you have like many hats that you do wear and to rem- to be reminded at sixty five mm-hmm. perhaps like that these moments can still happen and that these opportunities yeah, that these yeah. firsts can still present themselves Isn't like that, that great? feels so yes. hopeful and wonderful to hear it
1: is it's it's super exciting and then and then you can get you can you can actually get. So mired in it that it it put, it's out of perspective. Like yeah. the the idea of uh, Oscars and mm. all that stuff can actually take over your your poor little pea brain. And you have <laughs> to just go. I have to remember now the woman who sat next to me, watching women talking, who couldn't talk when it was over. She works in a homeless shelter, and oh. how moved she was, and how earth shatteringly important the movie was to her. And you go, okay, that's really what matters, you know. Uh-huh. Like, you know, and just like, you know, the the, the Hollywood hoopla is great too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Judy's always saying that to me. She says, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> forget about all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although we did make a promise. We said we look so plain in the movie. We're, okay, when we are in the red carpets, we'll be getting really dolled up. because. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think with experience comes, you know, you, you the excitement yes mm-hmm. and then it's just like wow how lucky how well lucky.
0: and it, in in i the i i was so grateful when you brought the character that you did like and and that it was a film from 1969 because i like the it's a ama- it's wonderful to watch a movie made from from so long ago that mm-hmm. still feels as like Urgent and filled with as much edge as anything that we could present as new now, and in a you know like moving the forward conversation forward on equity in Hollywood, moving the conversation forward on more and more substantial roles for women in all aspects, Mm -hmm. like in front of the camera and and in more dimension behind the camera, up and down below, above and below the line. Like, but to to watch something that you from decades and decades ago Mm. that still feels every bit as sort of like cutting you to the bone as anything now in, in in progressive 21st century, 2023. It's very, it's one of those things. That's another, it's, it's another thing filled with sort of hopefulness and being like, we did it before. We're doing it now, and we can yeah. keep doing more and better again. That's and it, like to to see the sort of through line of history of the the mm-hmm. power of women on screen before their permissions were expanding such that they are now to break through to a level of like transgressive, mm. um, raw power. The way someone like Eliza can, it's just like mm. it's yeah. it's nice to see the precedent for it, what we what can amazing. feel so new it's now.
1: Yes, and and um it it's you know we're not there
0: mm-hmm. and
1: maybe there will be a time when we don't n- notice like 20 women on stage yeah um the opening film. we're certainly not there and we have to keep you know breaking that glass ceiling for sure but what i love also again about the um, sterile cuckoo is the universality of it that yes it's she's female mm-hmm. and she's young and she's you know a broken little bird but mm-hmm. that's striving that that trying so hard like those universal themes are they touch everybody you know mm-hmm. and I think uh, it, they're sort of genderless I hope you know
0: were you, were you, uh, what, what Pookie would consider one of the weirdos or, or were, were you, were you yeah. someone trying to fit amongst the weirdos or were you kind of putting yourself at an arm's length like, like Liza was in this movie apart from uh, I mean, weirdos? I was
1: shyer. I was, sh- I, I, I wouldn't let the odd, aw- my odd out until I really found it on stage, I think, mm. in comedy, but I was a much quieter underdog, I think, mm-hmm. um, than her, um, uh, Trying to fit in, trying to be cool, trying to, <laughs> you know, one of the girls. Uh, never, never was the beauty. Never felt, but as a result of that, I stood out. Uh huh. Stood out in my dance classes. I stood out. I wasn't like anybody else. So that mm-hmm. was that. I I understood that from a very early age, and I realized that that's a power. To have. I was gonna
0: say, was that something that was available to you when you were young? Was understanding the asset that was standing mm-hmm. out, or was that more like a, I just want to be, I don't want to be the tall poppy, like I just want to be kind of down here with no. everybody else?
1: No, I liked standing out. I think oh, I it. Li- I, I found that. I think I found that, and I, I mean, I wasn't noisy about it, but I yeah. understood it. Like I, and so when I saw things like, well, even Funny Girl or. Mm-hmm sterile cuckoo or, you know, I uh, I love you, Junie Moon, which was another movie that Liza did where they're just odd balls and they were, Mm -hmm. you know, not the beauties, not the, not the girls next door. I realized there was, there is power in those, in those creatures. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to be that very early on for sure.
2: Uh, What's the matter? Nothing. It's just that everything's a little bit, Perfect. Somehow or other, when everything's a little bit perfect, I just get a little bit nervous. Maybe as a teacher you get asked this a lot, but I, a
0: thing I, I always ask my friends who are t- teachers of, of English students about is I, I just... I. I want to know, like, does the does the objective of class feel like it is the same thing for the kids you teach now as it was for you when you were yourself a student? Like, do you feel like as you've taught actors over years and years is like is that primary cell of what is motivating these kids to want to be actors is like is that the same or has the modern world and the perception of celebrity and 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 how success is measured? Has that changed at all, like the way that students yeah. interface with you and their wants and needs?
1: I think there's a. I think that's a great question. There's an impatience now and they don't mm. want to creep before they crawl. They want instant, they want instant, you know, social media gratification instant, a lot of them. And, and, and I, I, you know, I always caution students, you know, I was teaching a comedy class at a college here and I said, you know, you need to be singing, you need to be dancing. You need to be, if you want to have a career, if you're in it for the long haul, you need to, um, look outside you need to to have many more things in your back pocket that, you, that mm-hmm. you're able to do mm-hmm. because if there's anything you can think of doing mm-hmm. other than this do it because it's too hard <laughs>
0: it's, it's so, hard. so hard it's so hard
1: and you know in Canada I think what I have found because I've um I mean I've done lots of work in the states but I think in Canada um we're able to sort of work and maybe in England too I work around the mediums a lot like I direct mm-hmm. I do cartoons I do theater I do musicals I yeah films. Um, I found my time in LA a little bit. They 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 want you to come in with your vaudeville hook to, and you're just gonna <laughs> do that. And that's too narrow for me. Like I, you know, you look at the careers who sustain, mm-hmm. and that they they are, certainly are in the States, but they're the actors who sort of, you know, break out of their little stereotypes and go on to do other things. But you have to work at it. You have to yeah. like still Hit the ground running and pound the pavement and get a hold of people. It never ends. Like I am my business. It never friggin' ends ever. And if you think it's going to, there's no there, there. So, I mean, uh, if, you know, sometimes you'll get offered stuff, but most of the time you got to go out still, you know? Yeah. But that's the fun. Like I like that challenge. Not always, but I. You know, if I have enough time where I'm going, okay, what is going on? Nothing. i <laughs> climb out of the cave and just go, okay, I got to make something happen.
0: Well, do you find that? And with these, like you said, like the phone call scene in, in sterile cuckoo, you, yeah. you offer that to your students, like, is mm-hmm. the discovery of Eliza, is mm-hmm. that something that is. By the time you're getting to these students, are they like, of course I have touch points with Liza Minnelli? Or are they like, wow, this is opening a door for me?
1: Well, some of them barely know, you know, who she is. But, you know, um, because they're young now. And that's why I love educating them. Um, They are, I think, seeing something like Liza's phone call is encouraging because they go, ah, she's not a beauty. She's not. Yeah you know and they go oh look at that isn't that you know uh isn't that great i also love to show tom hanks audition for splash <laughs> it's it's a great audition he screws up the lines he's you know he uh-huh. but he knows his stuff like it's a really good imperfect flawed moment in time where something about what he was doing spoke uh-huh. to the secretaries in Ron Howard's office, right? <laughs> yeah. And because and, there were a lot of people who wanted that part, you know, Tom mm-hmm. Cruise. They were all in the lineup, and somehow Tom Hanks set himself apart. So I love to show um, and tell examples because that's that's always been you know my power source, and and then you know uh, it doesn't always work, but mm-hmm. you know you gotta you gotta try.
0: One of my favorite one of my favorite audition clips I've ever seen is actually Leah Michelle auditioning for Glee because she's wow. auditioning for the part of Quinn wow. and wow. she starts singing and the piano isn't quite with her in the right spot and she like she's in the middle of a note cuts herself off looks at the pianist and she's like not quite like that that's going a little bit too fast we're gonna start from the top on what and she like counts him in and I was like and wow. it was like, and that was, you know, wow. you know, watching that, that's the moment she became Rachel Berry. Wow. Because We're, whoever was in that room yeah. was like, so Quinn's not going to happen, yeah. but we've got this <laughs> other part in the show. I
1: We're remember like, hearing that, that Barbara Streisand came in and like mismatched shoes for her audition for Funny Girl on Broadway. <laughs> Entirely deliberately, like absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not above doing that. I think that's just great. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's like, it, it's, it's it's such an interest. It's such as it's, there's no other profession like it where kind of, you are like your whole self is the audition at every moment from the second yeah. you walk in the door yeah. and it's kind of like well I'm going to pr- I'm gonna do the sides and that's going to be doing a character but the rest of me has to be on message enough in what's happening here and things I might not even clock consciously yep. about what I'm bringing into this room and so it's it's a crazy thing you have to feel of being like when I walk out of that room yes I'm being judged on my performance but inevitably I'm also being judged on me yeah. so like it, it's not personal but it's, I would imagine it's real hard to Learn the part where you leave the audition at the door.
1: Yeah, I always say to students, leave a piece of yourself in the room because there's so many of you. Yeah, what is going to set you apart and what is going to, and you know that's and that's super different now too because it's all self tape. So you're not in the room with people anymore, which is good and bad. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's it's it means I can do a self tape a hundred times and then send it. But (laughs) but I'm such a control freak. I go, are they watching it? And that's when I start emailing and going, okay, did you watch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's where the business has changed, too, because there's just so many actors. There's so many. But there's so much streaming and there's so, there's many, art, so
0: many. There's so right? much stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Another thing I was wondering about was like, you know, you're watching it, you're watching this Liza performance when you're like 14 and, you know, feeling a sense of newness about it. Did you know that you, were you going toward acting at that point? Was that was something that was already a part of your life?
1: Um, it, I, I was a dancer at that point. Okay. And I think I, I just, you know, I was so influenced by sort of Mary Martin and Peter Pan and, mm. you know, and, and, and Liza and, you know, certain other films and stuff. And, and I think I just, I, I wasn't a, I wasn't hundred percent sure, but it all sure. it got stored away. Uh, yeah, and I really seriously never figured out anything else to do, and I <laughs> you know, uh, so I thought, well, then I guess this is what I'm doing. And I, you know, I was a, I was a dancer at that point. I became a professional dancer, but mm-hmm. I wasn't. I, I mean, I was not great. I mean, I was good. Uh huh. But but I danced from sort of here up. Sort uh-huh, of. Uh-huh. I was like this. <laughs> I remember a choreographer saying, Sheila, do you even have a cartwheel? And I go, <laughs> No, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so I've got, you know, tits and teeth. I can do. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was being funny very uh-huh. early on. Like I played the Wicked Witch of the West when I was 10. So I had uh-huh. that taste of people laughing at me and I kind of love that so um that there's was a lot
0: about- of echoes in this conversation between one I got to have the, with the beautiful the beautiful actor Doug Jones about like how and his character was the scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz and and him coming into his power like not at first rec- not at first appreciating his difference mm. as as an, an asset of his but then growing into realizing mm. nobody is me but me and then becoming of course like one of finding the beauty in, in our most um, amazing monsters throughout yeah. the course of his career it,
1: and it's it's also that thing of um cuz i love that that road of insecurity and being mm-hmm. vulnerable and being and you just have to watch that you have to watch that it doesn't tip or and it does like it comes and it goes and you know i've had spent more time not working than working it's, i mean i've had mm-hmm. a great career it's fantastic but it's a tough old road and and yeah uh, that's the yeah, reality I mean,
0: of even a great career
1: yeah that's right and a, any actor is going to tell you that and it's just, you know, you, you somehow you, you, you keep going, but, mm-hmm. um, it is uh, that those characters, those, those quirky, pooky atoms of the world, like they're beautiful to play because they are in all of us. Mm-hmm. And, And I think that, you know, I have strengths as an actor. Liza has strengths as an actor. I know what I could play. And that's something I try to impart to students, too, that Mm. you must realize it. Do whatever you want in acting class. But just know that the makeup, who you are, who you look like, what's the color of your skin, your gender, your age, Mm -hmm. those are all going to dictate whether you're right or you're wrong uh, for parts. Like it's Mm -hmm. just not always going to be, you know, not everything's coming your way.
0: I remember I, I had a conversation with that about, like, famously gorgeous Blake Lively. Wow. Um, and, and, like, you know, there's no real arguing with that. It's not like, who's the showstopper in the room? We know who that. Is. And her talking about, like, she was like, listen, I'm not Meryl. Like, that's not me. She was like... I'm so, she's like, I'm so invested in, like, the presentation of my characters and I'm so interested in clothing and how I present, like, in a role. Because for me, that's where it really comes to life for me. She's like, because I'm never going to be Meryl. So for me, it's the trappings that I put on and the way that I realize the character through those kind of ornaments that make me feel like I'm most prepared to go into any role.
1: But that's, that's, I love that. And I, I I she, I think she underestimates herself by saying that because I think. That is a really good way in, like coming from the dance world. I I, I totally understand that. And I worked with Uda Hagen in New York, and it's all props and it's all wow. it's not method, it's it's like plumbing. <laughs> <You> know, uh-huh. <laughs> plumbing. And that always spoke to me. And so, you know, like our polyester dresses mm. in and our socks and our sandals and our hair slick back, and that really spoke to me in terms of character. So um she can say. That and maybe she's okay with that. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think that's just her way in. Yeah, and she was know, totally.
0: I, she was totally comfortable with. it. Yeah,
1: and I bet if you talk to Meryl Streep, she'd say the same thing. <laughs> you know what? I bet she'd say, you know, I love, you know, finding out what the designer's going to dress me in, and we have that conversation, and let that, you know, I often say in the wardrobe rooms, "Thank you for giving me my character." Like, yeah, and I'm, I'm facetious, but at the same time, it, I love all that stuff too. So. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's great. It, that's that's funny, but I think that also being the pretty girl, Blake Lively, like I, that's another can be a problem for yes beautiful girls who don't think of themselves. I've heard this so many times from students. They use beautiful thing will walk in and says I'm not funny and you go
0: uh-huh
1: I'll be the judge of that. But it is it everyone has their Achilles, you know, and where they think their Mm -hmm. strengths are and 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 you know what if you you know limit yourself then you're going to be limited that's all I worked with a director once Robin Phillips at the Stratford Festival and he thought I was beautiful and he gave leading lady parts that I was totally unprepared to play
2: (laughs) and I because I
1: was thinking I just want to be the maid (laughs) and I remember someone saying to me one day Shirley you really need to you need to be a leading lady and I'm going do I do (laughs) I really need to be (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> do i do i really i don't really think so Oh my God. <laughs> so that's me limiting myself you know um you know it comes and it goes mm.
0: well my, my 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 concluding question then would be like on the notes of like limits and limits and possibility like a, a a question that if it comes around like i like to get to in this podcast is like what with this work that you have done that's like that's such a triumph and 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 not even necessarily for the specifics of it, like the, the the gender aspects of it, but just getting it and being like, wow, this surprised me in a way that maybe I hadn't felt surprised in a while. And I wanted to know what, like you said, I'm 67 now. Mm-hmm. What do you take from something like this that shows you possibility for what might even be next or more mm-hmm. that might you might not have been thinking of as being available to you front and center before this came out and came mm-hmm. up to you and then came out? Like, what does this kind of indicate to you? Like, you know what? Yeah. I'm affirmed in this path or I'm going to pursue something I wasn't going to previously. Like what does it open up in some way?
1: Well, first of all, I think it it I've got to say that you know, I often say it's it's one of the hardest things I've ever worked on mm. because Sarah Polly had such a, a complete um idea mm-hmm. of of her movie and she's an incredible director and her you know the bar was super high. Mm-hmm. So I realized that here's there's wow, you have to work really hard sometimes. <laughs> get to get there. And for me, you can't just rest on, you know, your comfort zones. Mm -hmm. For many, much of that movie, I was out of a comfort zone Mm -hmm. and, and I watch it and I go, I don't even remember shooting that. (laughs) And that's, that says to me how important the relationship is with director to actor and how the stillness and the quietness and the very gentle comedy of Greta Mm-hmm. Uh, works in the movie because I really had to work hard. um mm-hmm. So, what would I like to do with that? I'd like to do more of that. Like, I really, mm-hmm. uh, oh God, if doors opened and there's a more of an international market and more people are like big movie stars are seeing this movie now. Isn't yeah. that exciting? And Rooney keeps saying to me, Sheila, there's a lot of parts for you out there. I go, aren't <laughs> there? Okay. <laughs> Okay. So I'm trying to, you know, kick that door open, and also just be real about it, and just go, okay, and enjoy the ride. But mm-hmm. really, I, you like Rudy,
0: bring me with you.
1: <laughs> seriously, and so, so I just learned, you know, um, that you know, a quiet stillness and finding that voice in me. It, mm-hmm. It's not, I, I don't know, as so I always have to be tap dancing in the corner. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. you know what I mean. And and I've done a lot of that, and so I. Um, yeah, I, le- I learned a ton making this movie. So more, please. Whatever, we'll see. No, it's
0: just it's so it's just so wonderful to hear. Wh- like I just get so excited to when I know that people got excited about the thing that they did. When maybe they like when uh, maybe they weren't sure of where that excitement existed in their ecosystem at this moment, and then to be reaffirmed mm-hmm. of the availability of it and the fruitfulness of it. Like that's just like we should all be so fucking lucky as to like be able to have that occur any time in our yeah, lives
1: and and anytime and and at the time I don't think I was like I'm I wasn't living that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware really and I, oh I'm so method. <laughs> I've never thought of myself because I take it very seriously and I don't. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I've always think I've had a pretty good perspective about this business and and I realized that um this was something very, very special.
0: Well, yeah. Sheila, I so appreciate your perspective and your oh, time and you. your generosity in talking to me today. Thank uh, you so much for coming oh, my on and talking pleasure. with me. Pleasure it was
1: just a, fantastic. You're great.
0: thank you so much to Sheila McCarthy if you haven't seen women talking yet it is playing in some theaters in advance of the Oscars next month I cannot encourage you enough to go see this please go this is this is not just some Sundance movie talking at you I know what you think when you feel that way but this isn't that Um, and not that that's a bad thing, but if if that is your advanced perception of, of what women talking is, I, I entreat you to please challenge that assumption, challenge that assumption by going to see it. It deserves your support. Um, And if you're looking for more Sheila, you have so many options. But I'll just say the one film she mentioned, I've Heard the Mermaids Singing, is available on Canopy and the Criterion Channel for all you snobs out there. And now, one quick thing before I go, Viola Davis Congratulations to you. Congratulations to her. She won the EGOT. She reached EGOT status at this year's Grammys recently, uh, for her recording of her memoir, her audiobook recording of Finding Me. And you know what? We should. This is this is an historic achievement for an historic woman. Uh, she was in one of my absolute no question top ten favorites. Of last year, probably top five in The Woman King, which was absolutely, uh, ludicrously, I don't think recognized in any category um, in in the Oscar nominations. So this is, let us take this moment to honor the brilliance. You know, we don't, this truly is a quick thing. This is just taking a moment to honor the brilliance of Viola Davis. Um, Getting something that, like, that I think cements her in an awards way and not like she got the grand slam kind of way it cements what has always been there with her gravitas with her talent with her presence with her beauty with her elegance and eloquence every sort of thing that makes her a singular presence uh, on screen and as a as a presence in hollywood uh, i'm so glad that this person now has this, like, exceptional designation to go along with the ways that they were already so demonstrably exceptional. That's awesome. We celebrate that. We celebrate her. In this house, we will continue to celebrate the woman king. Lashana Lynch should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, but that's it. That's the one quick thing. It was truly so quick today. Uh, and that is our show. You can follow us on Twitter at feelingseenpod, or you can send us an email at at org. If you want to follow me, I'm George Ferron on Twitter. Our theme music is by Andrew Epen. The show is produced by Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producers are Kevin Ferguson and Laura Swisher, and this is a production of Maximum Fun.
2: maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned audience
1: supported.